Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey everyone, just me before we get into today's episode with Sam Torton. To let you know a few shows I've got coming up. So the first one in Melbourne, December 18, the live 100% Hits volume pod. We're talking about compilation 17, side A. Uh, Justin Hamilton, Jess McGuire are going to be my guests on the panel with me. Have special live performances by Geraldine Quinn. We have Gillian Cosgriff. We have Oliver Clark. We have Hot Department. It's going to be heaps of fun, even more than that. So make sure you get a ticket at joshearl.com.au slash gigs. All uh, proceeds go to the Indigenous Literacy Foundation. So not only are you going to see a good show, you'll see we're going to give to a really good organisation who thoroughly deserve it. So make sure you come along if you can and you're in Melbourne. Hey, big thanks to everyone who's Patreon subscribers. Hopefully enjoying all the extra content that goes up on the Patreon. And we're doing Pod Machine. It's really nice because it's kind of the same year. Um, um, we're in sync now, uh, which will be really cool as we go on to see how they differ. Uh, so that's at patreon.com slash D-Y-K-W-I-A. I'll say it again one more time. Patreon.com slash D-Y-K-W-I-A. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing. I'll see you after the music. Hello and welcome to 100% Hits Volume Pod. My name is Josh Earl and today, my very special guest, please welcome, it's Sam Taunton, everyone. Yay. Thank you, Josh. I am very special, very unique, very um, important. So you're lucky to have me. <laughs> Thanks for doing this. Now we're talking the songs of 100% Hits Volume 15. It came out in 1995. How mm. old were you in 95, Sam? That's such a good question, Josh. Um, I reckon, <laughs> and thank you for throwing it my way early on. Um, I think I was uh, five. I would five have been five. Years old. So yeah. you might you might remember some of these songs. Some of these songs may have been playing around the house. Yes, I, I know your dad was a musician. My you dad talked about t- that. Tony Taunton. I'm sure he's everyone's favourite country music musician. He won two golden guitars at Tamworth Country Music Festival. Um, and how's this right? He. Um, is convinced the bass player from Sherbet stole them. Clive Shakespeare, who's now no longer with us on this world. Um, he's, he has had the Country Music Association make replicas, but he is part of a country music kind of like... I can't wait for the Netflix documentary um, so what's it, about it all. What, what did he steal? His, his awards. The actual awards. So in Australian country music, when you win one of the awards, yeah. you get this golden guitar. If you've been yep. to Tamworth, I'm sure you've taken I've been to Tamworth. I've been to yeah. The, yeah, the big golden guitar at the, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the um, place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you get like a normal size one and he won it as part of like him and three guys. He won one as a solo artist and then he wrote a song with this other guy called Smokey Dawson, a legend of Australian yeah. country music. And then him and I think Clive Shakespeare, he might have produced it, Dad and him wrote it. And then... Clive took them apparently, and I hope I hope this. My dad hasn't told me the wrong thing, otherwise I'm absolutely slandering um, well, Clive Shakespeare. But it's now he's still trying to get the the original ones back. Your dad shares the hallowed turf of Tex Perkins, who had his aria stolen from him. No way! Yeah. Wow. So, so if your dad meets Tex, they can talk about their awards that they want, but wouldn't know where to put if they did get them. Yeah. Well, he has had replicas made up, and I'm sure he would just put them. In it. He doesn't actually care as much as I care about it. I've often yeah. wanted to like be like, let's do it, you and me. We we don't spend much time together. We could bond. We could go on a road trip to Tamworth. We could just hunt them down. Because <laughs> you also play guitar. You're, you're a very good guitarist. Well, like in the same way Andre Agassi was kind of locked in a tennis court from an early age and just, yeah. you know, forced to play. I was kind of forced to play guitar. So um, 
I I can play, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I used to play in Cameron James, and I've spoken about this, and you would have a lot in common. We we were in both in acoustic wedding duos when we were at university. Like that's how nice. I made money. So yep. I would go around and play all the hits, like all the covers. Um, and I was a guitar teacher as well through uni to make money. So what was the big song that you played at the weddings that you went right? If it's all going pear shape, we'll just pull this one out and it'll get us back on track. Well, look, there was a few, but probably like Fall at Your Feet by Crowded House. And this nice. was before Boy and Bear did that iconic yep. cover of it that went massive. But we were also like at this, we'd be at the like ceremony a lot. Do you know what I mean? Like in the background yeah. playing. It's very rare for us to get a reception gig because we could, we were two acoustic guitars. Hard to hold a reception up just I, with us. I played at a friend's wedding as, the, as yep. she walked down the aisle. It was, it was nerve wracking. Yeah, terrifying. Super I played a big star song. Uh, oh yeah, which nice. Was, which was very nice. Uh, Thirteen, and wow. uh, which has been covered by lots of people. And so, but as, as she walked down that aisle. Yeah. Yeah, nice. That is a lot of pressure. So much more pressure. I was at a wedding recently, and it was like in a church, and the organ player. We had to sing hymns and stuff. It was quite a religious yeah. wedding, and the organ player was so good, like just holding yeah. the vibe. But I feel like that would be much more pressure than doing stand-up comedy ever. And I haven't yes. played music in front of people for a while, and I had to recently just in front of like friends and stuff and i couldn't believe how like nervous i was just I to do it i feel silly i used to do it at the shelf uh hamo and adam richard would do this route for the listeners would do this room in melbourne called the shelf and it was for people to you know experiment on stage and so hamo asked me to do some serious songs and so every no. week i'd do a serious song no and, oh just the most what would you nervous. do I, i've got songs i've written oh like songs. personal yeah. so- no how personal could that's songs. like Reading your gratitude diary out to people. You can't do it. And well, at the end of the month, because it was like four, four weeks in a row, I was very much considering, do I do a fringe show? Oh my God. A, and put these songs in the show and make it like a, just a, a storytelling show. Holy hell. your Daniel Kitsons. Oh my God. You should have done it. Do you know, I had, I saw um, Tyler, the creator at Splendor in the Grass this year. And it was like. I've never been more inspired creatively. I was like, this is the most, I was like, he's a genius. It was like incredible. And I did have this moment of being like, I'm going to do a serious like musical comedy. Like I was going to have these songs and like screens accompanying it. And then like it lasted about a week and thank God I came to my senses. I would have got like, I would never have been able to do a gig again in comedy. Well, this is my thing. Punters wouldn't care. Punters actually enjoy it. They would love it. It's all the comics back like in, in the, in the Facebook groups, just going, what the fuck is this person doing? This is pathetic. What yeah. are you trying to be vulnerable? I always admire musicians how they can just be vulnerable on stage. Yeah. Like I do think it's like that's why they're better artists than comedians or people that don't perform. It's because yeah. they actually are just telling their honest feelings, and anyone else doing it would sound pathetic. Yeah, but they can do it with a straight face and be so confident at it that people are like, oh my god, this is amazing. I feel things. But I, I just can't do it. I don't have that gear in me. Well, some people who can do it are the 10 artists we're going to talk about, or nine actually. Uh, mm. So this is uh, Side B. So we talked about Side A last week. We ended on the Flaming Lips, She Don't Use Jelly. And so this Love is Side B. Lips. So do I. We're starting here with a, a huge band of the 80s. This is now 95. So they're a bit past their prime, but they're still releasing stuff. This is Simple Minds and their song, She's a River. there we have it. What do you think, Sam? It's, it's the most 80s rock I've ever heard in my life. Like it's those drums and that bass. Holy hell. Do you know what? I went to Google this song. Not that I've um, I have had an extensive look at the list, but I Googled this one and I, on YouTube. And then I was doing something else on my computer. And 
what I thought started playing was this song. Yep. So I was like bopping along to it. And it was like this, like quite a beat, like electro poppy thing. Then I realized it was like the pre-roll for like a Go Daddy ad. And I was like, <laughs> so Reese Nicholson like, oh, came you know? on. You went, oh. Yeah. <laughs> so it couldn't have been more different. But no, I, I, I like it. It's good. You're right. It does have that inaccessi vibe. I always yeah. think 80s rock is like, like the easiest rock to, like I could write an 80s rock ballad. Like an yeah. I could I, do I, my sleep. I do notice with this one, they, they use the term new direction, which has been proven that people say that because it reminds the listener of nude erection. And so right. it's a very sexual thing. And there's a lot of Holy like Does that a work? lot of rhymes for erection. Apparently, apparently new direction is like, will just make people think, Ooh, uh, an erection. Ooh, I'm interested. Holy hell. I thought it was all about the art and expressing yourself. It's all about no. putting mind. It's like the Simpsons thing. Join the yeah. Navy. <laughs> yes. Uh, so Simple Minds, Scottish band, they formed in 77. Biggest hit is Don't You Forget About Me, which was used in The Breakfast Club. Don't you forget. Yeah. Now, that's a good song. Number one in the US, that did. And uh, they've sold 60 million albums worldwide. That's crazy. In Imagine 95, a band. They didn't need to be a band. Million. Yeah. Yeah. So they this was. Rested. But where did this go? How well did this song do? This didn't do too well at all, to be honest. I mean, it had their fans. Simple Minds have their fans, but it didn't really rocket up the charts. Uh, they were essentially a duo at this point. It was just Jim Kerr and Charlie Birchall. Uh, this is from the album Good News from the Next World. Uh, and the whole album was inspired by self-discovery and a novel by Herman wow. Hesse called Sid- Siddhartha. I which makes sense. it was called New Direction. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> makes sense because they were both 36 at the time, which is a real age amongst men for some self-reflection. And try and better themselves. Absolutely. So they were already pretty big. So they'd already probably sold what, like millions and millions of it. There should be someone in music should put a cap on people releasing new music after they've done quite a lot of stuff. Do you know what I mean? Because it's like, who wants to see the new stuff when they've got the classics? Sam, I would agree with you 10 years ago, but now uh, as a man in my 40s, no, no, like some people can continue to do good art past their pride. You're different. I'm talking about, like I saw Crowded House. I took my mum to Crowded House the other night and awesome, right? So they played all the hits. We're singing along. But they still had a new album and played like three or four off it, which is like... It's fine. Good on them. Fine. Yep. They were very nice songs. But there's like 10,000 people in an arena and it, we're all singing, have the best time. And then it's like, have a listen to this. That's why Robbie Williams is so good at the AFL Grand Final. He knew. He said, all right, I've got to do this. This is the, from a, the new album, but let's get back to the hits. Oh, he was and so like, good. Yeah. Great. I was there. I went down on the boundary to dance. I was like having, I was there with all like the, the, the Geelong mums, just like yeah. hands in the air. I was having a great time. <laughs> uh, so Simple Minds though, they started as a punk band. Right. They were called Johnny and the Self Abusers. Wow. And they all had <laughs> punk names. This is how ridiculous punk was. Punk was really just kids dressing up. Uh, Jim Kerr's the name self-abusers. was. Self Abusers. Yeah. You can't call them. Well, today you couldn't call them. <laughs> yeah. The Self Abusers. So Jim Kerr's name was Pripton Weird. That was his name. Pripton Weird. Nice. And Charlie Birchall was Charlie Argue. Charlie Argue. Yeah. God, that's so. It, they're just kids. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Just it's so dumb. Trying to have a crack. All right, we'll move on. Now this, we've talked about this band before. We talked about their huge, huge song, Stay. This is the third single from the million-selling Always and Forever. This is Eternal and Just a Step from Heaven. Chance for us 
There we go. I really like that. I really like that. I've never heard of Eternal. I don't know anything about, but that was like, that was awesome. Well, Eternal were, they're British, and that was almost, they were put together as a British answer to bands like En Vogue and SWV and those uh, American R&B soul groups. And yeah, they've got the pipes. But by this stage, they start off as a four-piece. This stage, they're a three-piece. Uh, and this is also the third single from Always and Forever. But it was this was released two years after the single uh, after the album came out. So well, they're still releasing singles two years. Yeah, after. but only, only the third one. Like, and it was almost like, oh, hey, we've got to try and break these internationally. And so, yeah, because yeah. Stay was a hit. The second single wasn't a hit. This one was a hit. And off the back of this song, they were asked to perform a special uh, performance for Pope John Paul II at Vatican City, the wow. rock star Pope. Well, it's all been worth it, hasn't it, to perform at the, the Vatican? Oh, yeah. my God. Well, this this song, Just a Set from Heaven, and the song before that was called I Am Blessed. So they did have a very, you know, Did they Catholic perform this of... song, Just a Step from Heaven, for the, the No, they, they performed He was I close am, to death. I Am Blessed, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Would you perform for the Pope? I would love to perform for the Pope. I've thought about it. I've got no material that I could do to the Pope. But it would be awesome to perform. You know when like they, the new Pope comes out and there's like, yeah, I don't know how many, 100,000 people there. That would be awesome if they threw you the mic and said, you can do five minutes. Yeah. Get, see how you go. Surely you could get a few laughs. Well, Jim Gaffigan performed for the Pope. What do you, yeah, but he's a clean guy. He would be perfect for the Pope. But how yeah. did he, what, just the Pope? Because that's way worse, by the way. Like, I could do Pope with other people in the audience. But if it's just me in a room with the Pope, that's a nightmare. No, there, there was other people there. Right, okay. Yeah. What, the Pope's mates? That's still bad. <laughs> I don't know if even a translator as well. Pope John right. Paul II, was he, I think he was, he wasn't German. It, I think he might have been Polish. Is he Argentinian? Or is oh, that may, the current maybe, one? I don't know. I, I'm, look, I, I'm not in... People will know this. People will be you're listening. Not a pope. Be screaming. You're not a Pope guy. All I <laughs> I'm know a that big Pope dude. Pope John Paul II was the rock star one. He used to kiss the yeah. kiss the t- tarmac every time he landed. Yeah, and he would put his hands in the air like yeah, a lot. People, you know what I mean? People like, loved him. He came to Australia, I think. Yeah, which would be so. People did. Do you know my dad? Not to talk about my dad. He performed for the Queen in in like the seventies on the steps of the Opera House, wow. which is a pretty cool claim to fame. But yeah. you would argue the Pope would be bigger than performing to the Queen. Uh, I don't reckon it is. Mm, okay. Well, in the, some people's world, I mean, the Pope's pretty famous. I know. Yeah. Yeah. But the Queen's on money. She is on, on our money. You're right. Yeah. She's not on yeah. all the money. The Pope is kind of in the back of a lot of people's heads. Yeah. See, bo- both have come from institutions which are pretty frowned upon. Yeah. We hate them both. Fuck yeah. the system. Let's start fresh. I, I, are you uh, staying abreast of this Harry and Meghan documentary that's going out on Netflix? Well, when does it come out? Because I remember watching that interview when tomorrow. they came out. Oh, really? Holy well, today God. when this comes out for everyone else. Oh, my God. I'm going to rush to um, my <laughs> TV straight after this. Because I remember when they were speaking about when they broke free from the royal family. Yeah. And they did that interview. Could have been, Was it with Oprah? I yep. think it was with Oprah. And yeah. they started talking about like ways they were going to make money. And they were like, a friend said to me, what about streamers? And we hadn't thought about streamers. Like, they were talking about like it was just – they were buying a used car business or something. Yeah. They were like, let's get into it. And I was like, what on earth is their show going to be? So I, I, of course, will watch it. I'm a big Royals fan. Like, I, when Harry and Meghan came to Australia, I went down to Bondi to see them. I couldn't give less of a shit. Like, because at, at the project, they were always doing stories about the royal yeah. family and, and the, this split. And I have to, every time I have to go research what's happening, I'm like, I just don't care. It all feels contrived. It all feels like there's some PR team behind both of them just going, yeah, this will sell copies. This will make people pick a side and still be invested. Yeah, but it's just like, it's, uh, you know, like the Kardashians. There's no difference. Or yeah, I like don't care about them I either. Read, I read like gossip about AFL players. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like I'm in, I'm in on it all. Like I just want to know what the gossip is with everything. That's true. I, I, did, I did read about... Chris Paul, the basketball player, and Kanye saying that he had sex with Kim Kardashian when they were Dude, married. Dude, there so, there's yeah. no bigger sport for gossip than NBA. Oh, That's it's, all, it's all NBA is is like grown men talking about like transfers, like luxury tax. It's all just like oh. they're actually not talking about the game. They're just talking about things associated with it. I them. know. Yeah, it's great. All right, let's move on. Okay, this is 
a band called Mosaic. Mm. Couldn't find much about them. They're not on Spotify. This is their song, Nothing in the World. find much about this song anywhere right so when that happens i go to the i go to youtube right yeah of course all right so this is what i found it was released in october of 94 it got to 92 in the uk and 20 in australia and i'm going to guess off the back of this album off this compilation okay it was produced by motive eight who we talked about a few weeks ago on the pod with uh, Jess Maguire. So we've talked about the Motivate story there. Did you, were you going to say something, what it sounds like? Well, I was going to say, it sounds like a computer-generated song to be. It sounds like, do you know what I mean? Like someone was like, these are the things that are popular. Yep. Let's put them into a computer and it spat this. It doesn't sound real. It sounds yeah. so weird. Well, it's so, so the film clip is also just a computer-generated image. And on YouTube, people are arguing about how the film clip came about. And they're saying that it was uh, made by the producers of Rage so they could actually play it in the top 50 countdown. <laughs> but I don't think that's true because Rage would just have, if they didn't have a film clip, they just wouldn't play the song. And it would just yeah. have like the Rage title with what number it was, who, who the song is by. And that's it. And right. I'd move on. Uh, but I did find that that's not true. So listener of the show who goes by the name Prince of Mugs on Twitter Okay. Hit me up saying, because we talked about the song Here's Johnny uh, last week. And he said his company made the film clip for that song because it was only big in Australia, that song. Right. And they made it because they had a, like their company does like like DJ screens and they wanted to be able to play it on the DJ jukeboxes in like clubs and stuff where people would put money in and request a song and it would come up. And so they just made it. And apparently the film clip of his Johnny is sideways because that's the way the screens were. Oh, my God. Yeah. And so they made it sideways and no one had the technology to flip it over when they played it on Rage. <laughs> no so, one had the technology. Yeah. Now so, you just oh, hit the button on your phone. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and so when he sent me that, I said, did you also make the film clip for Mosaic, Nothing in the World? And he said, yes, that was also our company. So for everyone arguing on the YouTube comments of Mosaic, on like, I've solved it for you. You've it wasn't it. made by Rage. It was made you by need to get Prince in there of Mugs. Comment. That's I, so crazy. I've never left a YouTube comment. No, you don't want to do it. It is just, I mean, it's it, that's an it's an interesting sounding song, and you know, it probably makes sense that it hasn't stood the test of time. But yeah. it is like, it. You know, when you listen to a song, you're like. This could be no one's favorite. Like I know music I know. is subjective, but there's not enough in there for anyone to be like, I I'm connected to this song. Yeah. Like yes, if you were you know in a club or something, it sounds like someone just trying to write a song for people on ecstasy. Maybe. Well, there was one YouTube comment that did take my, uh, catch my eye, which was a guy called Bung Eye Bandit, and he wrote, "This is he wrote this two years ago. I'd forgotten all about this song. It was banging every weekend in the clubs in the mid '90s." Then I heard it of all places in Office Works the other day. Brought back some memories. Still a thumping banger. 
So well done to the programmers of Officeworks Radio. That's not bad. That's the thing. Yeah. If you write a song and put it out there in the world and it gets any radio play, it will appear at some point in the future. You will get a check from APRA. Yeah. Like, you know, this is songs probably still making upwards of $20 a year in radio plays. Motive 8 just collecting those checks. All right. It's time for the obligatory reggae song of the album. Oh, yeah. Each 100% hits has one. This is Pato Banton and the Reggae Revolution and their version of the song, Baby Come Back. Pause it there. Big fan of that song. I like that song. Oh, I tell you what, I was not a fan till the uh, the the reggae verse came in there just at the end. That saved it. I was like, what? What well, a dismal song. That's Pat O'Banton. Okay. Yeah. On, right. On that verse. Now, Pat O'Banton, real name Patrick Murray. He's mm. from Birmingham in the UK. No. Yep. Uh, his stage name was also his family nickname. So Pato is a sound that Jamaicans give owls. Ah. So they call them Pato. Pato. Yeah. Yeah, which right. Which is cool. But That's also, cool. I was talking the other day with Ivana Aristogueta, Venezuelan mm. comedian, about the sounds that owls make all around the world. They make different noises. Really? What do you mean? What, they speak their own language? Country no, to country? In, in picture books, we say that owls say, who, 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 who. But oh, in, yes. In the UK, they say, they say, to wit, to woo. To no, wit to woo. Yeah. I don't believe To wit to woo. Read a kid's book from the UK and it's like no. the owl would say to wit to woo, to wit to woo. To wit to woo. There's no T in, there's no t sound in an owl. They go woo uh, or something. You know, they just <laughs> go to wit to woo. To wit to woo, to wit to woo. Oh. That's what they reckon they say. To wit to woo. Yeah, maybe, but oh, I don't like that at all. No, this, I don't we like need it a universal language for owls. Well, it's rooster's the big one. Why? What do they do with rooster? Well, in Venezuela, they say they say keke keke keke, and we say they say cockadoodle do. Yeah, cockadoodle do does sound very Australian. Yeah, like, yeah. it's not a moon miles away from g'day, man. <laughs> yeah, and uh, oh, and Banton is DJ slang for heavyweight lyricist. Holy so hell! Well, that was his yeah. thing. Yep, heavyweight lyricist doing a cover, so that's not bad yeah. at all. This song went to number one in the UK and in New Zealand. <laughs> New Zealand, they love their dub. I say it every week, but they love their reggae and dub over in New Zealand. That's what I think of when I think of New Zealand, for sure. And the reggae revolution had members of UB40 in it. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, UB40, you know, they kind of, I'm not sure if it's cultural appropriation, but they were like big in the reggae scene, but obviously giving back, giving like a platform for other artists in the scene. So you where, know. Is, where is reggae now? I feel like it had its moment. I mean, it's, obviously, it's had its big moments throughout yeah. history, but now I don't think it's in a, you know, it's like free-to-air TV at the moment. Yeah. It doesn't seem like it's kicking goals. Jamaica and Southeast Asia. They Southeast love Asia? Yeah, go to Thailand. You'll, all, you'll yeah. hear reggae all, all over the place. Mm. Yeah, and um, university dorms for first-year students who have just discovered pot and oh yeah, and oh, looked yeah, into yeah. Bob Marley. That's yeah, let's. Just, I went to a few, do you know Michael Franti when I was at yeah. university? I went to a few Michael Franti shows. I interviewed him when I was hosting Spicks and Specs. He was a lovely Holy man. hell. You know he was in Star Wars? No. Yeah. Which one? The, f the original one. Shut like, up. Uh, not the original what? Star, not, not yeah. A New Hope, <laughs> but, but the, um, when the Ewoks came. He was dressed up as an Ewok. No. Yeah. How did as he a, get that gig? As a kid. He was just, I don't know. He was just around. Just around. Yeah. Oh, that's such a good fun fact to have. Yeah. Unreal. Yeah, he, and he was very nice. I used to make fun of him a lot because he always seemed to be in the country. 
Like it was he always did, Michael Franti yeah. on every festival. Doesn't matter what kind of festival it was, Michael Franti was playing. I think and he's still doing Blues Fest every yeah, year. But always. Him and Ben Harper are still up there, I yeah. think, going strong. He was always true. And, like, you know, some acts are just big in Australia. Like, Pink yeah. was massive in Australia. Yep. Like, huge in Australia. Yeah. Inexplicably, a lot of bands are only big in Australia. Yeah. I'm, I'm noticing this show, Australia and Finland. Oh, really? Yep. There's, a, there's a link. I am obsessed when someone is big somewhere. Like, do you know Vanessa Amorosi was, like, massive in Germany? Really? Like, had like three number ones in Germany. Like Hugh never really had success anywhere else outside the world and Australia as well, obviously. But Germany just love her. Well, that's like um, comedians are sometimes mm. only big in Australia as well. I would love to be big in Australia, Josh. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I would love it as well. Because <laughs> I remember uh, one of my old managers used to work for the Comedy Festival. Yeah. And when Janine Garofalo came out, they were saying, yeah. she was like, going, so who's the big acts in the festival? And they said, oh, Arj Barker's the biggest act. And she just couldn't believe it because yeah. in America, he was not a headline act over there. And she's like, this guy is the big... What? And she just couldn't understand. Well, that's... Cr- Do you, in Edinburgh this year, I was hosting one of the um, the big late night shows. Like yep. one of the... There's heaps at midnight or whatever. But they're all big and they're massive. They're in like thousand seat venues or whatever. And Danny Boy was on. And, um, and I'm just used to... In Australia, Danny Boy is huge. Like yeah. apparently one festival he did... 15 Hammer Halls or something crazy. Yep. And I he was closing the show and I was like, holy hell, I'm hosting. So I was like, I'm going to do a big intro for Danny. But I was like, guys, you're in for a treat. Superstar. Scotland's won and, you know, we've got Danny Boy and everyone clapped or whatever. And then I got off and then the comedians were like, yeah, he's, you know, at a pretty big level here, but he's nowhere near the biggest. And I'm like, he's the biggest comedian in Australia. <laughs> like the biggest. There's yeah. no one bigger. <laughs> Uh, um, I'll tell you a story about Danny Boy off, off air. Oh, it's so good to hear it. Uh, so off the back of this song, uh, Sting, Sting loved this song and got him to collaborate with him on his track, Th- This Cowboy Song. Um, but we talked about the rapping part. It's not rapping mm. in, in reggae music. They call it toasting. Toasting? That's yeah. cool. So it's not rapping, it's not singing, but a talking kind of melodic talking, which is kind of how I do my comedy songs. Yeah. I'm now a toaster. <laughs> You're a toaster. Do yeah. they do like freestyle toast car park? I don't know. You know, they have toast, toast battles. Toast offs? Yeah, toast yeah. battles. Where they're all uh, stoned. It's just real chill. At the end of this song, he also says the line, bring back my CD collection, which oh. really dates the song. Because uh, mm. especially in the 90s and the, uh, in the 2000s, when you broke up with someone, one of the major pains of it was having to split up your CDs and go, well, yeah. I, I bought this one, but you listen to it, so I'm still it's still mine. Like you can't, yeah. It was well, worst. now it takes on like a different meaning in 2022. Do you know what I mean? It's like a nostalgic look at the past. You know, yeah. when music had a physicality attached to it. So I think maybe it doesn't date. Maybe it takes on a whole new meaning, and uh, means more for this new world of music consumption. Think about that, Josh. All right, I'll think about that. I think the main thing is what people have to do now when they break up is figure out when do they change all their passwords on their yeah. shared <laughs> shared accounts. You're blocked out of my Spotify. Enjoy yeah. the ads. Hey, I've, been, I've just been trying to watch Binge and I can't get in. Have you changed it? All right. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Moving on. Here we go. Now, this is a song so big. It was on not only 100% Hits, but also on Hit Machine Volume 8, which came out at the same time. Oh, my God. This is... Nikki French and her cover of Total Eclipse of the Heart. So far, just a straight up cover. Just yeah, the same. nothing different at the moment. I'm going to move it forward a bit. Every now and then I fall apart, and I need you now tonight, and I need you more than ever. And if you're lonely, 
now we're getting somewhere. We'll pause it there though. So it just goes into a kind of a a pretty standard dance remix of a classic song. Yeah, all the producers in the nineties were like, "Yeah, we'll just put a bit more bass and drums in the back of it, speed it up." I think what it was was that like record executives didn't really understand dance music. Yeah. And so if it just had a bit of bass and a bit of like drums on it, they go, "Oh, this is a brand new song." So yeah. what they do is they just get already big songs and go, "We'll just make a dance remix of it." We can't get the can't get Pat Benatar. We'll get was it Pat? No, who's no, who's Bonnie um, Bonnie Tyler. Yeah, Bonnie Tyler. If we can't get Bonnie Tyler, we'll just get someone else. So Nikki French. So she was Nikki French. Yeah, what did she do? Not a lot. This is <laughs> she's best known for this. Although this this single sold five million copies. No, five million. Five million. It reached number one in Japan, Canada, Spain, and Brazil. Number two in Australia, Germany, Italy, Mexico, the Netherlands, Denmark, and Norway. My and God. It also had. A three-month run in the UK singles charts, uh, selling two hundred fifty thousand copies, just in um, in the UK, and it spent six months in the Billboard Hot 100 chart, got to number two. So it's a certified hit. It's a smash hit. Absolute banger. How would you feel about being a one-hit wonder that didn't even that wasn't even their original? Do you know what I mean? If you're a one-hit yeah. wonder doing a cover, like that's even another level of of future obscurity that you're heading to. Because a lot, I find a lot of these artists as well, they take the deal where they just get paid to be the session musician. And yeah. And so they don't get oh, the royalties. So bad. So you've so really bad. got to go, what, what are we doing? Like, you got to believe in yourself. Go, no, I'll take, I'll take the future royalties. Yeah, give it to me. But if you're the original artist and they're doing like a dance version, you must love it. It's yeah. like, yeah, the song's awesome. I wrote it. Pay me yeah. the money. I'm not going to play a, a, like a club banger version of it. Take it. Go crazy. Let it go to number one all around the world. Uh, this was her only hit, by the way. Uh, but in the year 2000, so five years after this, she uh, represented the UK in the Eurovision. Oh, how'd she yeah. go? She was from the UK, so they always go badly mm, because yeah, yeah, yeah. the rest of Europe hate them. Of course, of course, of course. All right, moving on. All right, this is a band we've talked about four times previously. This is... Australian band or Australian slash New Zealand. This is culture with soul feeling. That's enough. Okay. I can't talk much. (laughs) (laughs) They've been on so many times. There's nothing out there about them. So. Yeah. They they didn't. They only had like one album, right? Or did they have two? I think they had two. One was played a lot on Heartbreak High. Yes. That's all I know about them, that they were a bit on Heartbreak High. And I wouldn't even be able to name any of their songs. We've talked about this. Okay. Already on the show, Sam. So what I'm going to talk about (laughs) instead is. The Indian flatbread that has the same name and same spelling <laughs> culture. So if you don't know, it's made of made of flour, water, pinch of salt, and a leavening agent, so yeast or old culture dough. And it's a tight dough, and it's covered with wet cloth and left to stand for an hour or so in a warm place. And so mm. it's uh, when baked, it's often brushed with butter or ghee and eaten with an Indian curry, uh, particularly a spicy chickpea curry known as chol, is the dish, dish of choice. Wow. So you'd use it in the way you'd use a naan or a roti or something Yeah, like that. I think it's, wow. that's pretty much what it is. Now, I've never been to India, but you have. So I, I have, thought, yes. Let's talk about India. Okay, okay. What do you want to know about India, Joshua? Did you enjoy India? I loved India. I'd love to go back. It was weird working there doing – because I was doing shows as part of yep. the Melbourne Comedy Festival. And um, it, it was just like Indian people have their own way of doing things. So yep. it was – I feel like if I went on a holiday, it would be it'd be fun. But working there, I I was so constantly just in a blur of having no idea what was going on. Indian people have their own sense of time, like everything's so chaotic. So it's like things don't start on time; it starts when everyone gets there. So we'd be doing yeah. shows. Often they wouldn't start to like an hour and a half after they were scheduled to start. It's like we wait for everyone to get there. It'd be crazy. Like the comics wouldn't even the other comics were performing with wouldn't even turn up at showtime. Like 
it was kind of, I reckon India is like it's like you're having a dream and everything's normal and yep. then there's one little thing and you're like oh that is very out of place like a cow just sitting down in the middle of a freeway for example and you're like that doesn't make sense but then that's 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 it and it's like it's an amazing country i would i would go back in a heartbeat in a heartbeat my friend was there for a wedding and wow he said it was very the people who were getting married came from very well off family yeah yeah. and they didn't know that they went to uni with this person and didn't know that he was super super wealthy and so when they went there, everything was looked after and they got their own personal drivers. Oh, my and, God. But he just said the extremes between driving through absolute poverty and then you get to this through the doors. It's like, oh, this is like a five-star hotel. But at the yeah. front, there's like the poorest people I've ever seen. Well, I mean, that if you're flying to Mumbai, it's like a perfect example. The airport you literally land, it flies in over like these slum towns. Do you know, yeah. it's like the whole. I went to some of the fanciest places I've ever been in my life in India, but then also, yeah, like the, the what you kind of see on the street. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's it's such a like culture shock, and I know that's such a cliche thing to say about traveling, but it is there. It's just so much to take in, and doing comedy there was the most bizarre thing I've ever done. In my, like trying to do stand up and trying to get things to relate to people. Um, the way they do comedy over there, I, I, it's so intriguing to me because they do their setups in one language. So mm. I think they do their setups in English, but their punchlines in the language. That they, yeah. Well, Which, generally it's Hindi, or if they're in a local area and they can speak the local language, they do stuff in the local language as well. Yeah. And yeah. I remember asking, I was like, can you guys teach me some of my punchlines in Hindi? And they were like, we can't. And I was like, please, like, because I said, why are you doing them in Hindi? And they said, because Hindi is just a much funnier language than yep. English. And I was like, well, that's not fair to me at all. I'm up here bombing. <laughs> Help me out. So did, were you there when Nikki Britton was there as well? Yes, yeah, so it was me, David Quirk, and Nikki Britton. Yeah. How did Quirk go with it all? Quirk, the first night, Quirk and I, so this is one of my favourite things, we had to do, we got there before Nikki and we had to do a gala. We both had to do, for some reason, Quirk had to do a 15-minute spot. I only had to do five minutes at a gala to like, an outdoor gala to like a thousand people, but it was like an amphitheatre outdoor. I've never been more nervous in my life. <laughs> so I, get, I only have to do five minutes and I somehow get away with, I made a local reference I got away with a few laughs. I did okay. But then poor Quirk had to do 15 minutes. And Quirk was like, I'm just going to tell a 15-minute story from my show. And the show was about him getting like locked out of his shed at his parents' house or something. And he just starts telling this story. He says the word shed. so, And you know how Quirk does comedy. It's like he's talking a million miles an hour. He's dancing around things. He did it. To pin drop silence. I it was the most polite crowd I've ever seen in my life. Pin drop silence. And then afterwards he finished and it was like, I don't know what happened. Like it was dead silence. It wasn't even people talking, just absolute silence. And then afterwards the promoter was like, oh, yeah, we, we have no idea what a shed is. Like we don't know. We have never heard. It. What's a shed? We don't know what you're talking about. Because <laughs> I remember Nikki telling me that she was over there and doing comedy workshops and stuff like that. With oh, we, I think we had to do a few workshops, yeah. Yeah, and she would say she'd have like, because, you know, there's a billion people there. And so everyone who does comedy there has so many followers on the, whatever social media platform. And one of them said to Nikki, yeah, we looked you up before you got here. You only got like 2,000 followers on Twitter. Why are you here? Why are you telling us? Like, we have That's way hilarious. more followers than you. And That's she's like, yeah, you got me there. I don't know why. Uh, they paid for me to come. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, there'd be new comics that I met and they were like, yeah, we've got a hundred thousand YouTube followers. Yeah. I was like, do you know, I did a bit, right? This is a scoop. I, when I went to India, you got to work out what bits you can do to make them work. And I had this one bit from my first show about how I had a friend who had testicular cancer and, and got his, one of his testicles removed. And for some reason that bit just like popped in India. It was just the one, the one bit that was working so well. And I was killing with this bit and I was like, all right, this is just a bit I can do if I'm ever in India. Anyway, so I did it. I met a bunch of comics. And then I put that bit on YouTube like a year and a half ago and nothing really happened. And then one day it just like exploded in – like it just had 25, 30,000 views out of nowhere and like 200 comments. And it was all these Indian people being like, you've stolen this bit from this Indian comedian. Um, I can't remember his name. But anyway, I've stopped. And I was like, what the hell? This is crazy. So I was replying. I'm like, "Who's? what's the bit? Link me. And this guy linked me this bit. And then it's this guy who I met in India – and then I clicked the video, but he's doing the whole thing in Hindi. 
And so I have no idea. I'm convinced he's stolen the bit and he's now doing it in Hindi. And I have no way, because everyone's like, the bit is identical. That but is he's so just doing good. it in Hindi. So yeah. he's stolen the bit off me. That's great. Well, I need to get it translated and then accuse him of joke theft. Also, his video had like 15 million views. And mine had like yeah. 30,000. <laughs> Uh, hopefully there's an Indian uh, comedian doing train cake. I'd love that. Yeah. All right. <laughs> hey, culture have been on four times. This is a guy who clearly knows where the bodies are in the EMI office. This is Diesel with his record-breaking sixth appearance on the show. Oh, my God. Out of 15 Diesel. albums, he's been on six of them. This is his song, 15 Feet of Snow. the six songs mm. that, he's, that have been on here, I would say that is the best song. Really? Yeah. What is your opinion to Diesel? Because I feel like he's, I don't know why I find him funny, but I just think he's funny. <laughs> I started off like that, Sam. Yeah. And through this, listeners know this, I think he, even though he was hugely successful, I think he was a man at a time. I think he was five years too late, maybe 10 years too late. For the style right. of music that he was playing. So you think 95, Nirvana's yeah. been and gone. Oasis are happening. And yeah, then he's yeah, yeah. doing it stuff like this. On. Yeah. He, he, if he was like late 80s, he probably could have popped. Yeah. Like well, really popped. Well, yeah. So Hep Fidelity was a huge album for him. Huge. This is the second single from his uh, follow-up album, which is called Solid State Rhyme. And this album did okay. Got to number 10 on the ARIA charts. It sold 35,000 copies, but huge dip from Hep Fidelity. And I think it was... was yeah. He just wasn't in vogue anymore. Mm, there's something about the leather, ja- like he's like a leather jacket, sunglasses guy. Do you know what I mean? Like that yeah. is kind of the, that's the lane he's in, yep. which is, oh, I mean, a date. It's also very fun. I feel like someone's dad would maybe go to see, would be seeing Diesel now at maybe a day on the green. I feel yep. like that's where he's at now. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, it really is. Like it's it's people dressing how they dressed when they went and saw him in the 90s. Going out, like uh, yeah, yeah, we'll, yeah, yeah, we'll dress up. Uh, here's one thing: the, the the cover for Solid State Rhyme is a close up of like a, it's I think it's a radio or a thermostat. I'm not quite sure, uh, but <laughs> it's got a dial, and it's set at a bit after a bit, bit beyond seven, and I just think as a reviewer, that's easy pickings to go. Why not put it at ten? Like, yeah, exactly. And I think that sums up probably this album. It's a, a solid seven. Maybe he knew, you know, maybe he was like deep down, I know it's not my best work. I've rushed it together. I was on a time frame. Yeah. And he, that was his little nod to being like, I know I can do better. Yeah. I Look, I think this is the best song. I watched a, um acoustic version that he plays, which I think oh, is yeah. a, a far superior version of it. Uh, that's okay. on YouTube. <laughs> I'd recommend if you like the sound of this, and then you think, oh, the instrument's kind of dated. Go and watch the, the acoustic version. I don't hate it. Like a, a, a rocky ballad, like there's something to that kind of style that I can always get around. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, it, they lay it up on the tape. It's like good, clean fun. Yeah. And it shows off his voice. He's got a good voice. Yeah. He's yeah. got a great set of pipes. All right. 
now we're moving to the biggest hit oh of 95. God. Holy hell. This is Boys to Men and their song, I'll Make Love to You. By that he means come. He won't come until she says, uh, you can come now. <laughs> oh. oh, beautiful stuff. I mean, boys to men, like, they're of a time where, I mean, people could just be like a vocal group. They didn't yeah. have to dance. They could just be like, you know, we, we had like human nature in Australia. That was yes. that same kind of vibe. That doesn't exist in music anymore, I don't think. Well, at least in popular music, I don't think. No. I mean, there's, uh, I guess, it, BTS is kind of going oh. with that. But that's Maybe a different. Though. That's a, yeah. But this is so. This was the biggest number one for fourteen weeks in the US. Shit. In Australia, it got to number one for only two weeks. And do you want to know the song that knocked it off? Ooh, what year? We're talking ninety five. Ninety five. Ooh, was it a big hit? Australian. Big, big Australian song. Yes. Big Australian song in ninety five. Yep. Was it Tomorrow by Silverchair? You are correct, Sam Taunton. It yes. was Tomorrow by Silverchair. There you yes. go. Not bad at all, huh? I don't know how I knew that, but That's I just... There you go. Not bad at all. Very good. How long um, was Tomorrow there for? I, a few a few weeks. I don't remember exactly, yeah. but I remember it being a big shift going, oh, wow. Like, <laughs> yeah, big shift. From that to Silverchair. Um, also, I've got to say, this song... It sums up who this song is for. So it's for teenage girls and 50-year-old mums because they're the only people in the world who say, make love. Make love. It's like no one says make it? love. Like if make I was with someone who said, let's make me. love, I'd be like, red flag, we're not going to do this. You're too, too say, old or too young. <laughs> I say it to my girlfriend all the time and we've never then proceeded to make love when I've said it. <laughs> but it's so funny. So this was written by Babyface, who also wrote End of the Road, their other monster hit from a few years earlier. Now, this is what I would like to do as a job, to be like a, a, like a songwriter, not in the limelight, and yep. just churning out hits. I think that's where you and I could do well with our... We don't yeah. want to perform the vulnerable, but I reckon I could write a song being like, yeah. make love to me. That would be the dream. Yeah. Well, the band weren't sure about doing this song because they said it's too similar to End of the Road and that the mm. label talked him into it. And then it was number one for an entire season. That's crazy. Like that, yeah. like, how, do you know how many records it sold worldwide? This I single? don't know. I don't have that in front yeah. of me, but it's like, God, I'm going to say know. enough that they all could uh, not have flatmates anymore. Oh, can you imagine? Because if you were selling records in the 90s, it's like you oh, were making bank. It's so like that's, much money. That's when people were going insane with cash in the music industry. Yeah, that was the beginning of the end for it. It was like, let's woe up on the uh, private jets. Yeah, 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 yeah. Record companies made so much. Now they still have a business model just yeah. based on the money they made in the 90s. So all the reviews for this was like going, yeah, it's going to be a hit. It's absolutely a hit. But there was one by a magazine called Music and Media. And this is what they said about it. They said, silkier than the first lady's nightgown. Oh, my God. That's disgusting. That's so this disgusting. Is, this is 95. Silkier than so the they're first talking about lady. Hillary Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> it's so gross. 
<laughs> Jesus Christ, that makes that makes gives me the ick right there. But Babyface was saying he, this was a song written as a response to all the overly sexual uh, hip hop songs that were out there. So you had mm. Silk Freak Me, you had like uh, Snoop Dogg and all that kind of all that stuff. So this was a song for the lady saying, "Hey, no, I'll do what you want me to." I'll make mm. love to you how you want me to. Wow. I'll do it when you tell me to. I'll light wow. a, I'll light a fire. Uh, it's like it's beautiful. It's all about consent, which is, you could play. You could sing this one to the Pope. Actually, this it's one would also, work to the Pope. It's also, I I feel very manipulative as well. It's like it's like so contrived. Like I'll do this because I know that. Yeah, it's a weird. It's 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 the sneaky guy. You need to be more. Yeah, it's like it's like uh, trying to find a loophole to yeah. uh, to get in with someone. It's like uh, I don't know if you're watching The White Lotus, but it's it's the Albie character in the oh, second yeah. season. I hate Albie. Yeah, I yeah. hate that feminist rant he went on the other day. <laughs> Shut up, Albie! All right, our last song, Sam. This yes. is he's been on the show before. I talked about him with Andrew Levins. This is the other famous Joshua, the only Joshua I knew when I was a kid. This is Joshua Caddison and Beautiful in My Eyes. You're my peace of mind In this crazy world You're everything I've tried to find Your love is a pearl You're my moment You're my rainbow skies And my only prayer Is that you realize You'll always be beautiful In my eyes Oh, beautiful stuff there, Sam. Wow, some songwriting. That's a songwriting masterclass. Did you see Cameron James' show at the Comedy Festival? I didn't see his show. We were on the same time. This reminds me of a lot of the songs from when he was 15 that he wrote, that he played in the show. It is, yeah, just beautiful in my eyes. Oh, my God. It's such a backhanded compliment. Yeah, beautiful. Everyone else wouldn't like you, but me, (laughs) I see something I like. (laughs) Um, So this... I just got to say, the last three songs, the mums who own it are just loving it. We've got Diesel, well, got Boys to, to Men, Joshua Caddison. Mums are the ones that are forking out the cash. Yeah. There's got to be something for them. Uh, so this was the second single after Jesse, which is the song we talked about uh, last year. Do you know the song Jesse? No. Can you g- give me a few bars of it? Because Jesse paint a picture of how it used to be. Oh. Wow. Uh, it's okay. very, very similar. <laughs> very similar songwriting. Uh, and Jesse, rumour is it's about Sarah Jessica Parker, who Joshua Caddison was dating for a while. Oh, my God. That's a good get. But I can't get Sarah to the Jessica bottom of that. That's only hearsay on, on the YouTube and Reddit forums. Well, keep trying, Josh. You'll I'll get try to the bottom there. of it. So this was released twice in the UK as mm. a single. The first time did nothing. And then it was a, like hit everywhere. Australia, we loved it. We love mm. Joshua Caddison. There was a summer of 95 where Joshua Caddison, ads were on TV to buy this album, Painted Desert uh, Serenade. Wow. That's, That's a- something, you're right. They used to do, they used to put ads on TV. Yeah. Album. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's how I bought uh, the Counting Crows album. Really? Not the one with Mr. Jones on it, but um, whatever the satellites, I forget what it's called, uh, that has, uh, oh, I forget the song, but it, I listened to it the other the other month. Just going, oh, I know all the all the words. Wow. This. I can't remember the title now, but I can. Yeah. If you put it on. I'll, I'll know the words because it was at a time where I had like ten CDs, and that was yeah, one of them. Yeah, they get played. That is so funny. Yeah, when you've got a CD that you've listened to, I had that with an album that my mum used to play heaps when I was super young, yeah. and then I just forgot it existed, and then. I listened to the whole album the other day, knew the lyric to every song, and I hadn't thought about it in 25 years. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure if you put on the Presidents of the United States of America first album, even though I've not listened to that since high school, I'd be able to sing you every word. Oh I listen to that wow. so much. Yeah, it's, it's a freaky thing our brain can do. Yeah. Freaky thing. Uh, so this, uh, speaking of backhanded compliments when him saying beautifully my eyes, this was reviewed with a, a great backhanded compliment <laughs> uh, by Music Week. They said, another obvious smash from this softcore Billy Joel. 
<laughs> music journals can be so snarky. Like, what the what, hell? Especially in the UK, my favourite review ever is uh, NME reviewed uh, George Michael's uh, Listen Without Prejudice. And yeah. they just reviewed it by saying, listen without speakers. Oh my God. That's, that's, that was like someone, someone had a comedy festival review and their show was called Funny. And the opening line was just, funny, it is not. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to think when you name your show or your album, how a shitty reviewer is going to use this to make an easy, oh, to easy hurt play. You. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, so Beautiful My Eyes. That's. That's another another ballad, another song which I'm sure would be fun to perform. A few yes, of these last ones, I, you go, yeah, I can show off my pipes. You, he's got a voice though that is is a bit dated now. Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel yeah. like a male singer songwriter or solo artist couldn't have maybe in country music, but couldn't have that kind of like deep kind of. I mean, you know, I mean, like the lead singer of the National. I can't remember his name. He is kind of a similar. Matt low, Berenger. That's yeah. it. He's great. Love him a lot. Um, similar voice, but now I don't think you could have like a, a voice in pop music that's kind of like that. I think it would need to be, I don't know, in a different, going in a different direction, have more diversity in the voice maybe. So you hit it here first, but like the National are the Joshua Catterson of the 2020s. <laughs> the craziest c- comparison of all time. It was the first low voice that came into my head, Josh. Hey, so that is the end of the album. So what we do at the end of every episode, uh, Sam, is we go through and because they've labelled it 100% hits. So we have to mm, yes. see how many hits are there. So let's go all the way back. She's okay. a River by Simple Minds. Would you say that's a hit? I didn't hate it, to be honest. Like, I would say it's like, a, it's like, it's almost a hit. I don't know if it's a number one. What counts as a hit? Is top? Can you remember it? Can you sing a bar of it back to me? I can do the ba- the basement. Do 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 do. No, it's not a hit. It's not, not a, a hit. hit. Okay, it's not a hit. Okay, just a step from heaven by Eternal. Um, I really liked it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I would say that's a hit. Yes, a hit. Uh, Mosaic uh, with their song. Uh, what was it called again? Nothing uh, in the world. Nothing in the world. Yes, I- I'd say it's one of the worst songs I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was trash. Uh, Pato Banton with Baby Come Back. I guess so. I guess it's just got enough like good vibes from the original. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I'd say it's a hit. Yeah. Uh, Total Eclipse of the Heart by Nicky French. Yeah. And exactly the same for the yeah. next one. Like the first half is an identical cover of the original. Yeah. And then, yeah, you can bop at the end, of course. <laughs> and it, like the data, you can't argue with the data of that. What did you say? It was like number one everywhere in the yeah. world. So, so successful. Sold like uh, 5 million copies. Uh, Soul Feeling by Culture. No. Well, no. I mean, I, all I want to do is eat the Indian bread. <laughs> yeah. That's a hit. Uh, 50 Feet of Snow by Diesel. Yeah, I liked it. I, I I, mean, I think he's funny, like I said, but you're right. He does have a good voice. I yeah. think he's kind of good. Yep. I agree. Uh, boys to Men, I'll Make Love to You. Of course. Yes. Hit. Absolutely. It's beautiful. Tears, I'm, I'm tears glad in you my said eyes. that. And our last song, Beautiful in My Eyes by Joshua Catterson. Yeah, I love the national job. <laughs> <laughs> you are I mean, November. yeah, I mean, maybe it's a, you seem to like it more than I do. I think it's pretty pathetic songwriting, <laughs> but I don't. If you like it, I'll go with you. But no, I don't know. It's not going to get make my Spotify top twenty playlist for twenty twenty two. I'm going to say not a hit. I'm going to say that was five out of nine. Yeah, that's, so that's a pass. That, yes, it's, yeah. it's more than half. So that's good. What do what do most years get that you've been doing? About six. But I think people oh, are being okay. very polite because I'm very positive about this this stuff. I think people yeah. just go, oh, I don't want to upset Josh. No, you've got to be positive about it. People are putting music out into yeah. the world. But it's hard to be positive. Like that Mosaic song, it can't be positive. Like that's so bad. <laughs> that doesn't deserve to be ever. It's crazy that that was played in Officeworks. That's insane that they've got. They must have the last CD and they're still spinning it. <laughs> yeah, because it's not on Spotify. So they've just obviously got like the back catalogue of all of them. Maybe they insane. just bought it. Like, you know, like Coles Radio, those companies, they just must buy some rights to some music off some label that owns it and then they just play it. Or the people who made it are now working for Officeworks uh, and they're uh, uh, programming music for like Officeworks, Coles Radio. That's their job. They just program songs to play. That would make you buy stationery quicker if that came <laughs> out. Like, yeah, I can get some felt-tip pens. Hey, thank you for doing this, Sam. Uh, where can people find you? Um, at Instagram, at Sam Taunton. Listen to my podcast with Tom Cashman. And um, just, you know, support me. If you see me in the street, support me. I've got a newsletter if you want to subscribe it. Just look me up, you know. 
look him up. Hey, everyone, if you're in Melbourne, I'm doing the live show December 18. So not this Sunday coming up, but the one after. We're looking at Volume 17, Site A. We have live performances by Geraldine Quinn doing Pulp's Common People because that's on there. We have Gillian Cosgrove doing Radiohead, High and Dry, because that's on there. Oh. Some really good songs. Oh, my Some Really God. great songs. Jess McGuire and Hammer are going to be uh, being my brains trust. They're going to be talking about the songs with me. Oliver Clark's doing a song. He's doing Chris Isaac. Uh, oh. Jordan Barr's doing Seals, Kissed by a Rose. It's going to be a great time. So get tickets at joshearl.com.au. All the money goes to the Indigenous Literacy Foundation. Uh, so it's 3 o'clock, European Beer Cafe, December 18. I'd love to see you there. I'd love to have a nice big full house. And it'll be a great way. This is my last gig of the year as well. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being Patreon subscribers. We'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you, Josh. That was fun. That gig sounds awesome. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.